2: This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522 WTIC or 1 800 966 WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelp at tabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's
3: Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs that works at TAB and comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So uh, feel free to get online. Usually the first hour has got the best shot of an open line, uh, 1-800-966-WTIC, 860-522-9842. So, you know, technology, right? We always talk about technology news and how we use technology in our lives. And and, uh, TAB Computer Systems, a while back, gave all of its employees Fitbits, right, Bob?
1: Yes, I have one.
3: Yep, me too. And you know, I got to drop about twenty five pounds, so I started to really work on my Fitbitting again, and I've got my Fitbit going. And you've noticed it, Bob, right? My, my steps are. Yeah, starting to we move.
1: have a like a team, if you will, mm-hmm. a, a tab team. Yeah. And uh, those of us that are still in it, because at one time we had over thirty people, I think, that right. was in it. And now it's kind of dwindled down to I think about a dozen or so. Yeah.
3: So you notice, you know, my steps are moving along. Yeah. And uh, so it's great. So I, you know, I'm trying to. Trying to lose some weight. And we've already talked about the fact that Fitbits do a very bad job of really calculating calories, but they track your steps, right? So I'm out there, you know, working in the yard. I got my Fitbit on and I'm cranking along, getting my steps. And I get about 9,500 steps on one of these days, um, which is great. I'm shooting for 10,000 steps. And I said, all right, fine. You know, I did a good job. I'm going to go in and, and, and enjoy some Red Sox baseball, you know? So I sit down in front of the TV and my son recently turned 18. And of course, in our house, we don't have birthday cake. We do ice cream cake in our house, right? Because that's really the only thing to do is an ice cream cake. Birthday who wants a cake out of a box, right? You go Cake's down. Cake's a little dry, yeah. especially the white cake. Yeah, you go to Pralines and get a nice cake, and uh, so I'm sitting there, you know, enjoying some of my son's birthday cake. Sit on the couch, literally. Now, your Fitbit, right, can't be on your dominant hand, right? So my Fitbit's on my left hand. So I'm sitting there with my ice cream bowl. I've done my 9,500 steps. I'm all proud of myself. Watching the Red Sox, and I'm eating some ice cream. And lo and behold, magically, my Fitbit goes crazy. Somehow, I got to 10,000 steps, sitting on my butt, eating ice cream.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I said to myself, well, what kind
1: of feedback is that? <laughs> That's some crazy feedback. Mine I, uh, usually says time for more steps. Right, right. <laughs> well, So I said, oh, that must be a fluke.
3: So, you know, a couple days go along. And uh, occasionally I like a glass of wine when I'm watching the Red Sox, especially when they're losing, right? So, uh, again. Drowned your sorrows. I exactly. <laughs> so I, uh, I've got my Fitbit on my non-dominant hand, which happens to my, be my drinking hand, right? The left hand. If I drink it with the right hand you – know, no, left hand, you're holding a glass of wine, enjoying your – got to have the clicker in the right hand and the wine in the left hand. So you're
1: ambidextrous.
3: Exactly. This stupid thing goes off again. I get to 10,000 steps drinking a glass of wine. One glass of wine. Imagine how many – how many uh, pours you'd have to make to get 10,000 steps. I mean, my hand's not shaking like like a leaf or anything like that. So there's something wrong, guys, with your Fitbit going off while your butt is in a couch watching the Red Sox. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) There's a flaw in this technology.
1: (laughs) I want to tell you, since we started, I did lose 25 pounds and counting.
3: You're doing fine. I'm hoping to do the same thing. Clearly, I can't lose weight eating ice cream sitting on my butt, but that's my own problem. But it shouldn't be rewarding me, should it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be buzzing saying hey nice job buddy yeah right in other news so we talk about the cloud and how it dissipates uh the cloud is where people are putting your data and it's a company called crash plan which we do see every now and again out there in our practice crash plan is a backup system where you can send your data off site and they had a consumer version of backup that they've decided they're no longer doing anymore this is the problem with the cloud you put your stuff up there. You could be a client of CrashPlan for years, and you've got all your data protected, you thought. And they're saying, well, you know what? We're not doing any of your backups. Good luck. And you got a few months to get rid of it. Or you can pay the uh, business-grade uh, cost to have us back up your data. So literally, these cloud companies can change the rules on you uh, at the drop of a hat. So it used to be uh, 60 bucks a year um, for CrashPlan, and now they're going to go to the business-grade one, Um which is more than double the cost. And if you like it, go ahead and pay for it. Otherwise, get your stuff off their cloud <laughs> because it's going to go away uh, if you don't. So keep, keep this kind of thing in mind when you're thinking about the cloud. You really have no control uh, over your ability to react when the cloud dissipates and says, I am no longer doing this service. Good luck. Goodbye. Uh, and, it, and, of course, everybody and their brother who has the stuff in that service has to rush to get their stuff off that service. Um, as it decides to go away so in this case you got until october um to get rid of it good luck uh and we'll see what happens but keep this in mind when you're dealing with the cloud anything you want to bring up bob
1: yeah i got a stack of stuff here Mm -hmm. (laughs) um this one article i thought was pretty good identity fraud hits epidemic 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 levels easy for me to say Mm -hmm. anyway uh Fraudsters are increasingly using your details to apply for loans and spend your money. Right. They're opening accounts in your name. No longer, or not no and this longer, doesn't include a lot less.
3: this doesn't include the bank there, Wells Fargo, who is doing it for you. Oh, <laughs> no. no, that's a whole other issue.
1: <laughs> so anyway, um, it's up over 5% over last year yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. with uh, over 89,000 identity frauds have been recorded in 2013 20- 17 so far, Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. which is 5% over last year. The number of cases of fraudsters trying to target be, uh, Brits bank accounts or plastic cards have fallen. In other words, they're not trying to get your credit card numbers anymore mm-hmm. so that they can steal. Your lease is not as much. What they're trying to do is open new, new accounts in your name without right. your knowing about it.
3: Right, which is the most effective way that you... To, to do it right? you know this
1: identity fraud is really easy to catch and you know unfortunately uh most if you if you do any research on it most uh police departments say that there's nothing we can do about it mm-hmm. and they just don't even investigate it and right. you know these fraudsters know that right, right so but when i had my identity stolen mm-hmm. i found out who it was right you know, through my research, right? And if I can do it, I don't do it for a living. No, right? And some police departments should be able to do it. Right. Anyway, so it's a
3: bigger problem these days. We'll
1: put up a link to that article. And is you that can a, read you said
3: Brits? So is that a British article?
1: I believe it is. It's okay. on CNET, but you know, it certainly looks like it comes from there. Of course, you know, CNET reports from all over the world. So. Right.
3: All right. Other news. You might have a Samsung Smart TV. But uh, they just did an update, and here's the headline: Nasty firmware update butchers Samsung TVs so bad, they have to be repaired. So they are bricking TVs with their firmware updates. So you got to be careful. Um, and the word "bricking" means you've turned something that was useful into a brick. And uh, the, your firmware updates. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? If you don't do the updates, your systems could be you know, compromised vulnerable. or vulnerable. But I—I mean, these updates are ridiculous. Anytime I want to watch like Netflix on my Samsung TV, it wants to do an update, right? (laughs) And it can take 20 minutes for this silly update. So
1: that's why I use a PC and not a (laughs) not a smart TV. (laughs) Which is
3: crazy. But I mean, you shouldn't. I mean, obviously, you 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 could always pass on the update. But being a geek, I'm conditioned to say okay. So before you know it, I'm asleep in the update. I like the
1: new uh, Windows 10 thing. It says, do you want to do this update? And I say, remind me tomorrow, (laughs) every day.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably a good thing. So be careful with this new update that's out there from Samsung. It could damage your smart TV. Um, So you may want to pass uh, on the latest Mm -hmm. one. We'll put a link up there for you. They actually list a few of the uh, 50-inch TVs um, that have been affected by it. So be careful. Anything else you want to bring up,
1: Yeah, I've got one here that uh, parents might like. Mm -hmm. We were talking off air, and, you know, your children (laughs) are getting a little older now, and Uh, my children are all gone. I'm an empty nester. But Toyota Safe and Sound app threatens teen drivers with parents' music. I love it. And so this is pretty cool. It's an app that you can install on their phone, Mm -hmm. okay? And when they're driving, it works with the Toyota. Right. Okay. If uh, they get uh, over the speed limit or they go out of their designated range of uh, area that you've submitted, what it does is it turns off their their music selection and it plays what you've programmed for them. A little Sinatra, right? Yeah, or maybe a little waltz (laughs) or, you know. Whatever. Yeah. You, know, you know you know, your children well enough to know what music that they really can't stand. Right. So anything you're listening to. If they want to listen to their music, they've got to do the speed limit or, and stay where they're supposed to be. It's a geofence of some kind. Yes. Interesting. I thought that was pretty cool. I yeah. tell me it would be more effective than anything else. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> their friends aren't going to like listening to their parents' music. No. Well,
3: you got to love technology for helping us out. So we're going to step out for a quick break, get to your calls. We have four lines wide open. It's 9 o'clock hour, definitely the time for you guys to get online. I know it's gorgeous outside and you're outside doing something. But if you want to talk about, to us about any of your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns, feel free to get online, eight hundred nine six six wtic 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk. We've got uh, two lines open for you now. Feel free to get online, eight hundred nine six six wtic 522-WTIC. Has your Fitbit bit given you some false feedback or false positive or not quite the feedback you should be getting? Is
1: your Fitbit giving you fits?
3: <laughs> yeah. Is it telling you to... Go keep eating that ice cream there, Eric. Enjoy. It's not really supposed to work that way. You I was know, shocked the first time it happened.
1: My wife offers me ice cream now all the time. Nice. And She's and a I good turn wife. She is. You turn it down. I turn it down wow. because I'm trying to continue my progress of losing I guess, weight. Yeah. Wow. I've got a ways to go. I'm only halfway there. <laughs> well, that's a good wife, though. Would you like some ice cream, honey?
3: I wish my wife did that. I just get it up and get it myself. Gonna- <laughs> That's part of the problem. Let's get to your calls. We're going to go to Joanne in Windsor Locks first. Hey, Joanne.
0: Hi. Um, I have a message from OpenDNS yes. that says I have an address mismatch. I yeah. went to the Learn More, but I didn't understand it.
3: So you're you're connected to the internet via what something called a um, it's a non-static IP. Okay, your internet address when you get connected is is variable. Right, it's gonna move around and change. And so when you configured OpenDNS, you had an IP address of X, and now when you've connected today, that that address has changed. And so you can download a little tool. Uh, a little a little client from OpenDNS that it's called an IP updater and okay. if you go to their website you'll see the IP updater and what it'll do is it'll notice that Joanne from Windsor Locks's IP address has changed but you still want the same protections you've configured right and yeah. so what it'll do is it'll 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 report back to itself and say hey Joanne's IP address is now this And uh, so it's called – I think it's called an IP updater part of uh, OpenDNS. You just download that onto a computer, and uh, it's pretty easy to set up. Not a big deal. Oh, okay. All right.
0: Yep, thank you.
3: You're welcome. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The the key for OpenDNS is that you can set up filtering configurations. Um, So you can say you want certain types of traffic to pass to you or not to pass to you. So you you can – Protect your kids from porn and all the nasty stuff out there using this filtering system. But if your IP address changes, then those things really can't be applied because they don't know.
1: I've got a link I can give Mike to post for the uh, where to get the IP uh, updater, updater all right, good. for OpenDNS. Open
3: and we'll put it out there for you at a computertalkwithtab.com. Let's go on to your calls. Three lines open, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Our resident groupie Danny's on the line. Hey, Danny. Hey, guys. What's up?
4: Uh, my Samsung tablet yes um, I go to will send an email and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it'll come back uh, failed uh, failed email you know failed transmission yeah and it's because <clears throat> the Wi-Fi even though the icon is on apparently the Wi-Fi is not working so what I do I have to go to settings turn it off and turn it back on yeah. Uh, is is there a way? Is there something wrong, or something? Is it just a signal? I mean, doesn't seem like it used to do that before.
3: It should auto connect. You should have a setting in there on your Wi-Fi to auto connect. Yeah. But every now and again, uh, devices do need to be reset. So it's not unusual to do what you're doing, but it happens every now and again. You could have also brought the. You have another Wi-Fi signal in range that it, that you could be connecting to.
4: Well, I have the you know my my older tablet.
3: But no, like, another signal, like no, another...
4: No, 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 no other signal. I mean, okay. just the, the same way it's always been.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon. It could just be uh, a minor a minor issue ha- happening with your Wi-Fi and just yeah. turning it off and back on again. Also, power cycling your devices is a good idea every now and again. Yeah. Um, I bet you that thing's never power cycled, right?
4: What's power cycled mean?
3: Uh, turn off and turn on. Oh, no. That's
4: right. It's
3: That's right, always yeah. No, on. I
4: don't turn it off and turn it on. Yeah. Well, I turn it off, but I don't put it off-off.
3: Right. D- definitely a good idea to turn it off, Oh, okay.
4: Off. Hey, I got one of those um, Microsoft calls. Oh, yeah. But this one was a, they left a message.
3: <laughs> oh, jeez. it was
4: a new one. A uh, woman's voice spoke good English. Yep. She said, this is an urgent call. Your Microsoft license has expired. Oh, boy. It's very dangerous. Please call this 800 number. And they left an 800 number. That very dangerous? Instagram. They
3: actually said it was dangerous.
4: You're yeah, dangerous.
3: Oh, my goodness. That's sad, man.
4: Yeah.
3: That's sad. Thanks for letting everybody know, though, to, to be vigilant. These guys are all uh, fraudsters.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, and it really sounded like a legitimate 800 you know, uh, message. Yeah. the, the, the uh, their pronunciation and everything wasn't oh. like, Yeah, sure. From
3: wherever. They probably recorded somebody, and now they're using it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So,
1: But the key is, Microsoft doesn't know your address and your phone number.
3: Right. right. Well, they probably do know it, but they wouldn't call you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Dan. Okay, Thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online at 100 wtic 522 We're going to take a break for the news. Everything we talk about is posted at the old-fashioned website, computertalkwithtab.com. You can also follow us on Facebook over at Tab Computer Systems, and this will go into your news feed. And then you can go ahead and follow us on the old Twitter, the new thing that our president loves so much, at uh, I think it's Tab Computer Sys. We'll be right back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here till uh, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. one 966 522-WTIC. Speaking of walking this way, you want to fight climate change? Don't invest in Tesla. We've talked about this before, how the manufacture of uh, CO2 batteries is definitely a dirty business. I'm CO2. It's lithium-high... lithium, high, uh, lithium. Batteries is a dirty business. Uh, Market Watch had a thing from Morgan Stanley. Now, Morgan Stanley is working on their little green beret as well. And uh, you've heard of other companies divesting of, quote-unquote, fossil fuels. You've heard of all the colleges out there that they're taking their their billions in their trust funds and divesting in any kind of uh, industry that might be a little dirty. Well, Morgan Stanley does something about this as well, Morgan Stanley being such a lovely green company themselves. They've identified 39 stocks that generate at least half their revenue, quote, from the provision of solutions to to climate change. Right? These people are these are stocks that are trying to help 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 the planet, and they uh, have not listed Tesla. You know, it's nice to have a Tesla car, but it's not helping you when it comes to uh, your green beret. So, uh, they talked about this in the article, and I'll put it up there for you. But uh, Morgan Stanley calculated that an investment of $1 million in Canadian solar results in nearly 15,300 metric tons of carbon dioxide being saved every year. Hooray! But for Tesla, such an investment adds nearly one-third of a metric ton of CO2. So... Uh, I'll put this article up here. You can. This is this is a Morgan Stanley. This is not some evil oil company writing this article. This is uh, an evil investment bank <laughs> writing the article about what if you want to have a conscience when you're trying to earn your fortunes. Uh, which of those are the greenest investments? Morgan Stanley will tell you, and Tesla is not one of them. So I'll put a link up there for you. Uh, hey, Tesla's got a great product. Um, no one's uh, saying they don't, but it's up there for you. I have some other Tesla news I'm going to bring up because they're working on their Model 3 that is supposed to be there for the masses, right, Bob?
1: Yeah, what's supposed to be like uh, $35,000.
3: Yeah. Do you know what you get for thirty-five grand? You don't even get power seats. A bicycle?
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: You don't even get power seats, but we'll go into that in a minute. Let's get to your calls. We're going to go to uh, Tom in Springfield next. Morning, Tom.
5: Hi. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Sure. Uh, you got got um, – I got a five-year-old PC running Windows 10. Yep. And you, ta- you talked about uh, uh, snoozing the, the updates. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple months back, when the new uh, update came out, I, I went ahead and I, I went through it. And what it did is it, it uh, froze my computer at eighty-seven percent.
3: Yeah, the Creators I,
0: Update.
5: Yeah, the Creators Update. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. I uh, I I tried it again, and oh, in the end, to make a long story short, what I had to do was I had to hard boot it twice, and I went back, and thankfully um, didn't brick my computer, as you were talking about. Yeah. It, it actually went back and uh, reinstalled the prior update.
3: Oh, good! So it held you update. back. Yeah, good.
5: And and then so I waited a couple months, and then I didn't. I, I said, what the heck? Maybe they got it fixed. <laughs> and last week I tried the same thing, and same result. So. Uh, what should I do? Am I basically out of luck because my computer's too old, or do I wait another couple months and try it? Maybe they got fix it fixed again. Well, I so can't.
3: Tom, uh, this machine was not Windows 10 when you bought it. What level of operating system was it? Windows 7. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, and you you took advantage of that "quote unquote" free upgrade, right?
5: Exactly.
3: Yeah. So this is what Microsoft uh, has been doing lately to a lot of folks like you. Uh, they have somehow uh, on these new versions of Windows 10 decided. They're not going to worry too much about compatibility. Remember, if you recall when these updates were offered to everybody, folks were really having big problems with their updates because some of their machines were not fully Windows 10 ready to go. And in your case, you were able to go, but now there's some component on your system that is not compatible with the new flavor of Windows 10. But the the point of Windows 10 was to produce this ubiquitous configuration that was supposed to work with everything, but it doesn't. So I wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, that you're going to be able to get this new update. Also, wouldn't necessarily concern you that you have to have it either. You know, you the, run-
5: yeah, the only thing I was thinking was that there might be some security thing yes. that I, I would really want in the end.
3: And, and that is a good concern. It's a fair concern. Um, but just waiting, you know, you've got some sort of incompatibility where it gets to a point either in your in your drive or your controller or your motherboard, something critical that is causing it to freeze hard freeze on this update that you're not compatible with now. And I don't think there'll ever be a workaround for it. I mean, maybe someday the update will work, but I highly doubt it. Uh, I think you're just going to have to be stuck. Now at five years old, you've had a good run with your machine. If you get about six years out. So, you know, if you really are concerned about security, you can consider a new box uh, uh, as a way to get around that. But I think you're going to be stuck.
5: Hey, thanks a lot for the information. I appreciate it. I'll do exactly what you say.
3: All right, Tom. Good luck.
5: Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. Yeah, this whole Windows 10 update thing is becoming a bit of a mess. Um, We've got a call from Bill in Willimantic, who has update issues as well. Hey, Bill.
2: Good morning. Yeah, I've got the same. I took the latest update from Windows, and it pretty much bricked my computer. (laughs) Oh, it
3: it did brick your computer. What what, what were Uh, you running before?
2: uh, Windows 10.
3: Windows 10. Whatever
2: the latest update was. Yeah. But that's not my question. I actually have my computer back up. Good. But one of the things I had to do is reinstall Office 2016, which seems to be running okay except for Outlook. I can't seem to set up my email account. Now, I've got my email account working on my phone, and I have Spectrum for, for a cable company. And I've been on the phone a couple of times with them, so I know all my settings are correct, my ports are correct. But every time I press the Set Account Settings button, yeah, it says log on to incoming mail server, mail server and just sits there and spends. Hmm. So I'm wondering if there's any. And, and the only, only other thing I did was I kind of googled this all. Yeah. And so I shut off all the add-ins in Outlook in case that was potentially an issue.
3: Right. Good idea. So do you have any other um, mail accounts you can test besides that one?
2: Um, I only have the one.
3: What about setting up a Google account just to... Yeah, I, I could do that and try that, I suppose. Yeah, here's what you want. You're trying to figure out whether it's the account or some sort of block happening on your on your firewall, maybe? Blocking the communications to the ports that you need to talk to on those servers? Um, it worked
2: in the past until I got the latest upgrade of Windows.
3: Yeah, uh, all I'm thinking is there's some sort of firewall block on the port that you need to communicate on the mail, but you can prove that out if you get a different mailbox and just put the settings in for... Maybe yeah.
2: That. Maybe I could try that. Maybe set up a Gmail account or something like that.
3: Yeah, you already know your settings are correct because you're using the same settings on your phone. Right. Yeah. Because, so,
2: like I said, I've been on the phone with Spectrum to what twice now.
3: Yeah, and they have no ideas.
2: No. Um, they, they're, they know, they're of course contract my contact
3: Microsoft. Yeah, I know. I know. Any other so. thoughts, Bob? <laughs> Any other other things that you've come across?
1: Well, the only thing I could say is to uh, delete your profile and recreate it.
3: Well, he is. It's brand new. I could definitely try that. Yeah, but you're starting fresh anyways, aren't you, Bill?
2: Yeah, pretty much. So
3: uh, I'm not sure. I mean, you could try that, but, I mean, you're already kind of brand new, fresh.
1: Yeah, well, it's supposed to be smart. Well, the only
2: other thing I I got is I did save off my PST file from my backup. Yep. So I'm wondering, could that potentially be an issue?
3: No, you should be able to have your saved PST and, and eat
1: it, too. You can always connect to that PST later. Right.
2: But, yeah, but, well, that's what I figured.
1: Creating I like a new one, if there's any it. corruption in that, creating a new one uh, would create the new one. You could still access the old one. You just wouldn't get the mail that it's in right. areas that got corrupt.
3: Right. Right. It's a, definitely worth a try. It's it's probably right. you. I, I, you know I the mail. Try so
2: I'll try setting up uh, another mail account and see what happens.
3: Okay. I appreciate your time. You got it, Bill. Thank you for calling. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah, bye Have Bye-bye. a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, yeah, we, uh, I was talking a little bit about the Tesla Model 3 coming out, right? So recently Tesla sold $1.8 billion worth of junk bonds um, uh, to uh, try to fund this new uh, Model 3. And uh, The Verge has a story. So there's a lot of folks who have plunked down a, a grand to hold their spot with this Model 3. And it's been marketed as uh, you know the electric car for the masses – but The Verge breaks down uh, the story. Is uh, basically the headline is, um, let me get to the headline here for you. Tesla's Model Three isn't a luxury car, but it's priced like one. And what they kind of talk about is the fact that you start at thirty five grand, but with uh, that thirty five grand, you know, the the seats aren't even powered. <laughs> you don't get the autopilot uh, part of the the, the Tesla experience. Um, it's only a 200 mile range on that uh, car as well. So if you want some of the things to make it more real, uh, as far as why you would buy something like a Tesla, you're going to find yourself upwards nearly of $60,000. Um, now all of a sudden it's back to that luxury range. So they talk about, you know, if you want to get the 300 mile range, as far as, uh, the Tesla, you got Plunk down nine grand more. Now, in the Model S, I've read that they do a similar thing where if you want to get a better range, you got to plunk down some more money. But basically, that's using crippleware. Tesla basically still sticks the same size battery in your car in the less mild, less ranged Model S. But if you want to actually take advantage of the battery you're lugging around, you got to give them more money and then they turn on a switch that says oh, okay you like can an use an extra
1: the... $10,000 yeah. for a firmware update.
3: Exactly, crippleware. Okay. But they
1: <laughs> uh, eliminated that model.
3: That well, yeah, because they just figured everyone was going to the bigger model anyways. Right. If you're if you have the money to buy a $70,000 car, you should you're going to spend the money. Right. Um they did the same thing here with the model uh, 3. If you want the 300 mile range, you got to plunk down 9,000 bucks more. So before you know it, that $35,000 car for everybody is a $60,000 vehicle. Um, And again, it's really not going to be for the masses per se.
1: The production of the batteries emits a lot of carbon, and you uh, posted a link to that um, article. Mm -hmm. Uh, I um, gave you another article there that says the uh, electricity used to charge your car may not be as green as you think. Well,
3: Morgan Stanley's article talked about that, the the fact that because you have to charge – your battery, you know, you're using gas, you're, uh, you're using um, natural gas, you're using coal, you're using all sorts of things. And that's what Morgan Stanley's point was. If you really want to be eco-friendly, you're not investing in a Tesla. You're investing in other things like solar or what have you. Um, to their point, you actually produce more CO2. Um, so, hey, again, go ahead and get it. But it, it's it, what bothers me the most about this whole Tesla thing is a seventy five hundred dollars subsidy that you and I give people who can afford one hundred thousand dollars vehicles. It, it is not. It's just not cool to ask your friends and neighbors to subsidize your your purchase of a in a car like that. You know, it's like.
1: Well, most of the solar industry, I believe, is getting government subsidies. They are too. Yeah. So otherwise. But it's a little different. At least the,
3: the solar industry has a little bit of a a benefit to everybody. But it may not. Subsidizing your $100,000 car doesn't quite seem like. It
1: might not be an economically viable uh, industry if it wasn't getting money from the government, which we all pay for. Yeah, that is
3: true too. But uh, take a look at this uh, article about the Model 3. And, uh, you know, it's coming out, it's going to be available. And and there's supposedly half a million uh, folks who have uh, put money down to, to buy one of these things. So. If you're ready to drop 35 grand on, on something and you have a manual seat with,
1: it's what? kind of interesting. 300 and pre orders they have for that, I think.
3: Or even more. I think it's half a million. We're going to step out for a quick break into your calls. Four lines open. This nine o'clock hour is the best time to get online. Eight hundred nine six six 966 WTIC 522 WTIC. Hey, if you're looking to get a Model 3. I mean, if after all these taxes in Connecticut, you can still afford a Model 3. If you're looking to get a Model 3, <laughs> feel free to get online and let me know uh, what you're excited about. Talk to you soon. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. I know it's a beautiful Saturday morning, but uh, both Bob and I are in here trying to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, feel free to get online. You want to bring up any news as we wait for our calls?
1: Yeah. Have you ever wanted to learn a foreign language? Yeah, sure. I used
3: to take French in uh, college.
1: Well, this one's a little different. Yeah. It's a, a, a device you can purchase. Uh huh. It's an elephant translator hmm. that turns human language into pachyderm talk.
3: Really? They're selling bridges too?
1: <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but... It says, How do you say, I'm hungry, in elephant? Uh-huh. It sounds a bit like a squeak combined with a grunt. Okay. You too can learn a bit about speaking elephant in the Hello Elephant Translation website from the David Shedrick Wildlife Trust. Really? It's an organization dedicated to elephant conservation in Kenya. The organization is known for Elephant Rescue and Rehabilitation Program, which has hand-raised over 150 orphaned baby elephants. Are you kidding me? No, it's right here. We it's-
3: can't even figure out how to speak to women. Now we can
1: talk to elephants? <laughs> it's probably easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, when you really can't confirm it.
0: The tra- <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: the translator accepts voice, text, or an emoji. You can uh, an emoji, yeah.
3: So it'll translate your your frowny face into elephant,
1: yeah. Your best bet. What about is actually to use using your face? phrases or words like "I'm happy" or "Let's party"? <laughs> what? <laughs> they should do a song like "Party with an Elephant." Yeah.
3: <laughs> so wait a minute. So this is at a zoo or a, re- a reserve of some kind?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a it's a uh, organization that actually rescues orphaned baby elephants. Hmm. So over the years, they've been able to. Uh, Study their their sounds and their actions, and they talk to each other. Yes. And um, then they've been able to put this together. And so you can actually find out what it does. But the human vocal cords may have a problem reproducing reproducing those sounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
3: Google Translator is not enough here. So
1: you can walk like an Egyptian or talk like an elephant.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
1: All right, Bob. We'll put on a a link to that article. Ah,
3: technology. Uh, <laughs> Let's go on to your calls. You guys are nice to, to join us on this Saturday morning. We're going to go to Tom in Harwington. Hey, Tom. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you, sir?
0: Not so great.
3: Oh, no, that's why you called, huh?
0: Yeah, well, I don't call to say hi. <laughs> no, no? Okay, so tell me what the heck has happened with Firefox. There was an update last week. I waited about a week before I did it. It's version 55.0.2. And in parentheses it says 32 bit. Okay. Now I got a Windows 7 64 bit OS. Right. And certain things, and I notice right now there's an update for uh, 55.3 or 55.0.3. I haven't done that yet. But um, when I go into my email and I open an email, um, my page down, page up, home, and end buttons used to work. They don't work anymore. And um, that's one problem. Yep. The other problem is it seems like things that are now flagged as legacy add-ons don't work with this version. And I've tried to find a 64-bit version of this. It yep. won't even exist. I can't find it. I use Adblock. I'm not Block. I use um, Thumbnail Zoom. Yep. And it allows me, I, like I'll Google Dancing Dog GIFs. <laughs>
3: All right, I'm not judging, sorry.
0: Okay, well, I, I Google other things, but I'm using this as an example. Yeah, sorry. And I go into, well, I don't Google it, I use Yahoo. And then I go into images, and I hover over them, and most of the time, the GIFs will function. and I Right. Can see what they do, and then I can copy and paste them and post them somewhere where yeah, I want
3: to. Yeah, no. yeah. Hey, so Tom, I'm coming against a heartbreak. Can you continue all further? Right. We're going to do some research while we wait for you, okay? Hang on, all right? Okay, very good. All right, he's got his issues with his...